Hey folks, it's me, Ben Placker, the creator and host of the Writers Panel. Thanks so much for listening to this really um, great episode we've got today with Crystal Ziv, who joins me to talk about all kinds of collaboration. Um, she started out uh, as uh, a writer on CSI Miami after you know working kind of coming up the assistant route on that show, um, and lately she's found herself working in a bunch of horror shows, uh, starting with like Deadly Class and The Purge, which she co-ran in season two, and most recently Wolfpack. Um, it's a really cool conversation, and Crystal talks about all different sorts of collaboration that she's had over the years, whether it was, you know, co-show running The Purge or, you know, working with her husband to write screenplays, working with a mentor uh, as a lower level writer on a show. There's a lot of great practical advice in this episode um, for collaboration. So it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, You may learn a thing or two, as I for sure did. Um, Nothing much to talk about right now. I would urge you to go and check out the Substack where I'm writing craft-centered episodes. Uh, Go over to benblacker.substack.com. If this podcast does anything for you at all, uh, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. It really means a lot, and it does help um, both the podcast and the newsletter, uh, you know, which are work, Um, but work that I enjoy doing. So (laughs) I would love to... Uh, have your support on it. Uh, that's benblacker.substack.com. Other than that, uh, hope you're doing well, and please enjoy this episode with Crystal Ziv. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! And that's it. That's how that's how a podcast starts. Crystal, thanks for chatting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, just to give folks some context, why don't you tell everyone who you are and where they may have seen your name on their television screen? All right. My name is Crystal Houghton Ziv. So it's a really long name. It takes up your whole screen. And I started out on network cop shows. I was on CSI Miami for many years. And then a few more after that, there were kind of a similar vein. And then I kind of made a transition into more one hour dramas that are genre like supernatural or sci-fi. I was on The Purge. Most recently, I was on one called uh, Wolfpack. Great. Um, and and when I asked your superpower, uh, you said, we should talk about collaboration. And you have collaborated in many different ways throughout your career, which I think is really interesting. But let's start just at the beginning. Here's your softball question. How did you get into this business? Um, what was like the first stuff, the first time you got paid for writing stuff? Uh, I was a pretty traditional route where I was the writer's assistant over at CSI Miami. And it was the era of 24 episodes a season and you know, there really was a lot of opportunities to pitch in the room. And eventually, if they like some of your ideas, I got a freelance. And so I would say the first part of collaborating was just pitching in the room and just like the yes ending off of other people. But that very first script, I was assigned with a senior writer. So it was a co-write with this guy, Steve Maeda. And it was a very nice way to like enter writing because I felt like I did have like a mentor off the bat to help me with that first process. Yeah. Let's, so let's go back even further then. So as a writer's assistant in this room, 
are you the type of person who feels bold enough to contribute uh, in that writer's room environment or was that difficult for you? It, it took me a while to feel comfortable. Like I started off just being kind of like helpful, but not pitching my own original ideas, just being like, well, earlier, I think you said this and maybe, and kind of eventually being like, oh, okay. And if they were stuck, then I think people kind of started to look to you to be like anyone, someone, and you felt like, okay, they actually do have room for more ideas. And obviously every room you have to feel out for yourself and catch the vibe of it. But the the boss there was this woman, Anne Donahue, and she was very much like, everyone contribute. And I'd seen people on the original CSI kind of move up. So it was like, oh, you knew it was like possible. But I, I did have a lot of fears of public speaking. And I did, I took like an improv class in that time in my life to try and like, just be more comfortable. I have no aspirations of being any kind of performer. It's actually kind of my nightmare. But I, I did feel like it helped me just be a little more like, oh, just say something. Don't overthink it in your mind. And the moment passes and you didn't have time to pitch that thing. That's great. And and that's advice that's been coming up a lot lately as far as like getting, especially new writers or assistants comfortable in those rooms is like an, imp an improv class or, or even a sketch class. Like anything that puts you out there uh, is really helpful. And for me also, I think some a technique I would do is I would like, oh, pull a writer I was a little friendly with aside at the end of the day and be like, earlier I was thinking this, would that have been an okay thing to say? What do you think of that idea? Like, am I on the right track? So that when I am pitching stuff, it's not like wildly, you know, strange. <laughs> so the episode that you wound up uh, writing, that first episode, uh, was it your pitch? Was it someone else's pitch? How did it come? How did it come to you? That room was very much like everybody works on every episode and they were kind of like assigned often before the plot was even given. And so it really was more of a collaborative thing where everybody was pitching on the main plot together. But I knew, oh, this is going to be mine because I was on the schedule. Um, then tell me about working with Steve, this up upper level writer. And like that must have been a crash course for you. Definitely. I mean, we did it in kind of a traditional way where we each took scenes and then came back together. But seeing how he like went over my scenes and what he like added to them, I was like, oh, yeah, this dialogue could be sharper or maybe there is a more visual way to do this. And there was also a step of this isn't actually working, but it's what the showrunner told me to do. And he was the one that was like, if it's not working, we have to fix it. We shouldn't just turn in like the thing just because it's what the showrunner set us off with. And every show is different on that way, too. Some people want to see what they told you, but I feel like he kind of gave me the courage to be like, all right, well, let me find fixes. Let me just write it my way and see, you know, what flies. Like these early lessons, is this stuff that you have carried over into working with writers who are on your staff? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I also try to make clear what the rules are because I kind of realized, oh, the personality of the showrunner dictates a lot. And you know, Anne was okay if you want to try and fix something, change something. But other people are like, I really want to see in black and white what I sent you off with, and then we can change it. And so I think just being clear with what expectations are when you're sent off to draft. And I think it also helped because in that collaboration, there was a clear hierarchy where I was like, he's my mentor in this relationship. I'm new. And it's not always the case. Sometimes you're more at the same level. So I think like figuring out what the working relationship is kind of early on helps the process be easier. It's really smart. And is this the sort of thing that like, you know, you were co-show running um, The Purge with uh, James and like, was this a conversation that you two had with each other going in saying like, how do we, what, how do we approach show running? And then how did you communicate that to the group? It was 
very fast just because we were both like co-EPs on a show where the showrunner left. So they were like, you two are doing it together. And we didn't know how it would work out. So it was, I do think the first few weeks we kind of figured it out where we were like, kind of like figuring out a pitch for the season and seeing how we work together. And once we realized we had kind of like similar ways then we could be like, oh, you're really good at talking on the notes call. Why don't you handle that more? Oh, you're really good at like getting the room back on track. Do that more. So I do think like it was a little different because show running is a little different than writing a script. So we were both finding new skills, but like trying to be clear about dividing them the whole time as we went and not letting, you know, ego get in the way of a good partnership. What were, so, so like looking back at some of the shows you've been on and there, there's a good, you know, handful of them after CSI Miami, um, including deadly class, a couple others. Um, I love hearing about like, learning best practices from good and bad showrunners, you know, like learning what not to do is often as valuable. So I'm curious about some of those experiences that you had in those rooms and what you took with you and will continue to take with you, especially as pertains to collaborating in the writer's room. So I was thinking about this one room I was in where the boss would pitch something and he'll be kind of mad if he came back and it wasn't what was on the board. But like, sometimes as you're doing it, you're like, Oh, it's not totally working. So like half the room was like, we just want to do what he said. So he's not mad at us. And the other half was like, we don't want to pitch him stuff that doesn't work. Cause then he'll be mad at us. <laughs> and so we kind of like devised this system that I've like taken with me elsewhere. where like in black dry erase marker. We like fleshed out the version he gave us and like the best we could. And like everything was there. We like, you know, added in the beats. But then if there was stuff we didn't work, we had the purple pen of alts. <laughs> so on a separate board, we'd like, for any point, we'd be like, little asterisk, we weren't sure about this. So we also came up with that because like some of it was having alts, but some of it was just a visual. I think he was a visual guy and he was like, I want to come see the thing. And then my brain takes it in and like sees the holes. And so I do think just like kind of understanding what someone wants, but also what the room wants and trying to make it mesh together can help. Like, uh, I write features also with my husband and he says that my tagline is let's try it. So I feel like the purple pen is another version of let's try it where it's like, we don't have to be locked in yet. It's not like filming tomorrow. So we still have time to like play. I'm the queen of like 30 different documents, this version, this version, this version. And then I commit to one. And I mean, that openness, you know, like serves you well as a writer, especially as a young writer, but also as a showrunner level or an executive producer level. Um, is this, again, is this something that felt natural to you? You know, have there been times when you've been precious as a writer? Uh, yeah, definitely. Of course. I mean, everyone gets like attached to their stuff. There's some things I'm still like, that was a good line. <laughs> but I do feel like being in a room, you do have to kind of shed that. You know, a lot of people have like the two-time rule or the three-time rule where you bring it up twice. And if it's still a no, you kind of back off of it. Or you bring it up and you wait a few weeks and it might come back around. You're like, well, there was this thing. <laughs> uh, but I do think as a showrunner, it's a little bit different. And it was kind of a gear switch for me because you can't always be the flexible one. You have to be the vision one. And so I do think sometimes like I had to kind of switch that around in my mind and be like, okay, we can have alts, but I have to be the one like pushing it forward and the one that's saying, no, this is, and this isn't where as like a writer on staff, I feel like just coming up with more and more and more is really valuable. There's a learning curve to that kind of guidance, right? To to guiding the room and sort of like seeing where it's going and latching on to those things. Tell me about that process for you um, and, and how you learned to to excel at that. 
I mean, I think a lot of it was taking things from people I worked for before. Like I had worked for like Matt Nix once and he's like very into spreadsheets and organizational tools. And I was like, all right, I could use some organizational tools, like things that are very concrete, where I think a lot of times it's more like intuitive, where I think I was like, okay, I could put some more things down in black and white and that'll help people be guided. But I think also for me, I had to recognize that I'm not necessarily the person that off the top of my head, I'm like so eloquently laying out the show to you. And it's, I might send you an email later at night and be like, okay, I was thinking about it and this is how I'm laying it out. And so I think some of it was just understanding that maybe not the people I work for's processes aren't exactly the same as mine. And it, what's kind of nice of being on several staffs before it came around to me being a showrunner was just seeing people do things different ways. Like some people's outlines before you're sent off to outline, like, the whole scene is written verbally in the room where others it's like they're going to get a phone call and find out someone's kidnapped and you, you know, you play around with a lot of it. And so I think also just realizing there's no one perfect way, but this is just my preference. And other people might be like, I don't like it as much, but when it's your show, it's like, well, you get to do your preference process. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, so in teaching and, and talking to new writers, especially a question that comes up a lot is like, about this kind of decision making and you know choosing your story and then starting that collaborative process of receiving notes or working with other people on it and and being open to that but still maintaining your vision so left to your own devices what does your decision making process look like how do you know when you're done how do you know when you've reached the right path I do like to have some self-imposed deadlines because I'm like, you can keep spiraling. So I try to like tell my reps, I'll have something for you this day, or even like just a friend I'm going to give it to, to read. You know, I've been in like writer's groups. Sometimes that helps because you're like forced into a decision. Uh, yeah. And I think some of it is just when things feel like organic and you've been noodling it for a while, I do have to say to myself, like, okay, you've gone through a lot of possibilities. It's time to just like go with one. And maybe it's something you'll revisit. But I think like always keeping in mind, like the hallmarks of why you're working on this script and does it fit into that? Or can it just be your preference and be a gut thing? You know, that's okay too. Yeah, it really makes sense. Um, now I want to ask about uh, how long have you been working with your husband on features? So a few years, maybe like 2017-ish. And he is a non-screenwriter. So he has like a day job as a computer programmer, but has written some nonfiction books. But he's like a movie lover. He goes to the movie theater like two plus times a week. He also loves popcorn. Yeah. So he he's like, <laughs> and so he was like pitching me this idea once, but it's the kind of thing where you're like, everyone has an idea. But we just like kept talking about it. You know, we spent a lot of time together and like to the point where I was like, maybe this is something. It's like almost an outline at this point. And I wasn't really writing features myself. I was just focused on TV. So it also felt different and compartmentalized enough that I was like, okay, my brain could go there. And I don't feel like it's my full day-to-day -day existence with you is like, you know, working, living. <laughs> How is it? What is the dynamic like for you and your husband writing together, creating story together, but also living together and living a life together? Uh, but it's a mix. I do feel like in the beginning, when we weren't used to that working relationship, we did get offended by each other more, where it would turn into like, so I guess you don't like anything I wrote. But I feel like we had a solid enough relationship. And we kind of said at the beginning, if this threatens our marriage, we'll stop. We will not do this. You know, it is not worth it. But we ended up like finding a good working relationship. And I do feel like I can be very honest with him. 
just because like, you know, we've spent all this time and years together in a way that sometimes I'm hesitant in new writing partnerships. And so there was kind of like freeing in that way. Like, I feel like I'm like, he's not going to like quit me over this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. He might quit this over you, but he's not going to quit you over this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> And I feel like there's always a chance to come back around because you're spending more time together where sometimes it's like, oh, no, I said something wrong in a general meeting and I'll never see that guy again. You know, <laughs> that's so funny. What is what's the process with the two of you and and how does it differ from like writing a script with someone that you're on staff with? I mean, I think we treated it a little bit like a TV staff because that's what I knew. So I was like, we're having writing meetings. But it was like just us talking like the writer's room and I, as a former writer's assistant, I was like, and I'm taking notes. <laughs> And so we'd have like these like Google Docs where we kind of tried to work out an outline. And there were times where I think like we sent each other off before we were ready and we came back. We're like, that's not what I thought the tone of this whole project was. <laughs> so I think we realized like, oh, we do have to like talk about tone a lot before. Um, but yeah, then we would each just write some scenes and kind of trade and go back and forth and like see what works. And it's gotten faster. It was very, very slow at the beginning because it was also like each of ours like third hustle you know what I mean um but yeah once it like started like I feel like my managers like took us seriously they're like this is a script we can send out I was like wait really this is real okay we have to like treat it a little more serious and be like I don't know have weekly meetings and that kind of a thing which we do now we schedule like our meetings for our kid and our feature meetings like I, my daughter's currently really into Dungeons and Dragons. And so we drop her off for this like two hour play session. So we like walk around that guy's neighborhood and like have our meeting. What was your husband's reaction to like handing this over to your reps and them saying like, oh, we can we can do something with this. We can bring this to the town. He was nervous. But honestly, I think like I had a more realistic view where he was just like, this is going to be amazing. It'll obviously be on 2000 movie screens and it'll be so fabulous. And I was like, uh, like I was just scared of him being disappointed. But I do think as the process went on and he saw what it was, he's like, okay, like I could celebrate the like even realistic wins. That's not like, look, we just got the biggest star ever in it. <laughs> so you hit on this thing that I think is really interesting, which again, like I've worked for a partner with a partner for a long time, we're writing a feature with a friend of ours. And in, you know, having worked together, we now have to sort of recalibrate how we talk about tone and how we make sure that we're all on the same page about what the film looks like, what a scene looks like. Um, what do those conversations look like? I imagine it's one thing when you're, you know, writing with someone and you're on staff together, right? Everyone is sort of on the same page. You have a model in the pilot or the first couple scripts. What does it look like without that stuff? For us, we did a lot of like watching movies to get comps, like watching them together. Because often it was something you watched years ago. And when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, wait, that's not what I thought. <laughs> so we found like, yeah, we're like, oh, we actually have to rewatch it in the present. Um, I feel like as for visual, I'm like, pimping his company now but his the startup he works on is called shop deck and it's like a database of film stills that people use to make decks so i do feel like some of like the visuals can help but yeah i think also it's just kind of debating with each other like we were talking about something the other day and he was like i don't know is that going to be silly is that going to be dumb and i'm like anything can be like silly and dumb if it's done bad but like look at smile people smile at you and you die like that could be really dumb but it was really scary like if we know it could be executed well we we could like have faith in that so i think some of it is just like finding comps that we can both like relate to he's really into like buzzwords too uh our first movie was an action movie that had a lot of fighting and he was just like 
badass. What is the most badass choice he could make at any juncture? And it was kind of like the vibe of it, where it's more of like a fun kind of. That gives you a guiding principle. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Do you have these other when you when you enter into like the beginning stages of a story or breaking a story? Do you have these kinds of like guide words or or things that you look to to make sure that you are staying on the same path, but also like the path that you intended from the beginning? Uh, yeah, definitely. And I feel like showrunners who can like articulate that well, it really like helps the room. Like on The Purge, we had the people that did the movies. And so they were kind of like setting the overall tone. And like the more specific they could be, the better. They were like, not like silly satire, but it's okay to be a little bit satire. But the premise is serious at all times. And so I do feel like having different touchstones like helped us because with most premises, they could go in like wildly different tonal direction. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about The Purge too, which is like, that's a tough line to walk in what like both those movies and what you all did on the show and and i really enjoyed that second season um you know finding that line of satire that is still there's still stakes right you're never laughing at this thing you're never making fun of it what were those conversations like you know clearly you had all the work that had been done before but you and james must have talked about this early on yeah and i had been on season one so like i knew a little bit of like the sensibilities already but i do think a lot of the room wanted to have fun and be funny because like just living in a world where that's a premise a lot of things spring to mind and so it was kind of a push and pull with the creators and then we're like well what if we just have these little disconnected teasers at the front and most of the humor is concentrated there. So our main characters living in the purge are living in the dread. But like we can also see that there are like funny things about this world without losing the stakes to our main characters. So I think some of it was, you know, finding those kind of compromises. That's interesting because like it feels like, you know, 10 years ago in TV, you couldn't do that kind of you couldn't make that kind of swing. But TV has sort of caught up to what writers want to do. <laughs> yes, I totally think that. And like a. Uh, like wild pitches that would have been like, you can't do that. Like now it's like, why not? We could. <laughs> That's really funny. I mean, I think about like, even when I first met James Rowland, it was for Blood Drive, the show that he. Oh, played. yeah. Like, that should not work. That show, like it <laughs> totally. was bananas. And uh, it somehow worked like both the camp and the high adventure of it and the horror, like all sort of work together. And I feel like. If you can pull that off, you can pull anything off. Totally. I agree. I was like very impressed by that show. And I was just like, you put a unique vision on screen. That is not easy to do. And, you know, you two wrote a script together, a, a pilot together. You're working on your own stuff. You're working on stuff with your husband. Do you feel like working on some of these shows, whether they have, you know, pushed the boundaries or whether they've played it too safe, in your opinion, has that helped you to like create your own stuff? Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like that's when you could be the most free because there's like no budget, no nothing. You could just do anything. Uh, But people are sometimes confused. They're like, wait, are you and James a writing team? I don't get it. So I always call it my frequent collaborator because I'm like, we're not always a team. But when like the, you know, sometimes the storylines overlap with both of our interests and then we're like both in. I like this thing. And you had mentioned this in your email to me that like him as a frequent collaborator, collaborator working on features with your husband, working, you know, pairing up on scripts on a show like this feels very much like the way a lot of us are working now, where 
I think we all just sort of like want the process. So much of it is so hard and we just want the process to be enjoyable. So like, if that means not toiling away on our own, then we're going to work with a friend or a spouse or whatever it is. Totally. And I I feel like I've been on a lot of shows that had multiple showrunners who have been put together by a studio. And so it's kind of like, well, why not find those people yourself and start out with them as opposed to like people getting added along the way and like having to catch them up. It's like, if you think this is like in someone's wheelhouse. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. And I wonder like, as you are, not that you're actively looking, but like as you are meeting people and looking for collaborators on things, what is it you look for in whether it's staffing a room or whether it's creating a show or writing the film? What is it you look for in a good collaborator? I mean, I get excited when someone's not exactly like me because it's like, that's where the new ideas come from. Like, I feel like James will pitch some like wild stuff. You know, he made blood drive, but it's like, great. It's I'm like, how does your brain get to that point? Like, you know, it's just like my brain's going a different way. So I like seeing people that think differently. Like even back to like Steve Maeda, like he always came at stuff from a visual thing. And I, I sometimes see those people in the room where that's just how their mind works. And I'm like, oh, that's like a nice perspective or on Deadly Class, it was half comedy writers and half drama writers. And the comedy writers were so fast with the punchlines and jokes. Like I was kind of like, I'm funny. And then I met them and it was just like so many punchlines so fast. I was like, oh, that is a skill that they are bringing that I don't have. And so it's like good that we're both in the room together. I love that. And and what do you think you bring as a collaborator? You know, other than being a good collaborator, which is a superpower, what, what, are, your, what are your writing superpowers? I mean, I do think I have a pretty strong sense of structure, especially in a room and being able to like push things forward and make sure we have like the elements needed. Uh, and I think also I am pretty good at like world building and those kind of elements. Like I think because I came from network TV, it was a lot of plotting. And so for me, I think like coming at it from character came later in my career where I think I've like built up those skills now, but it wasn't like by first instinct. And so it was so like exciting for me to be around people where that's like the world they came from. And I'm like, yeah, how do we start here? And it just makes for a lot like richer stories. I think. I love that you can pick up these skills, right? Like you learn, you learn by doing it. That's what this whole job is. And you know, that's part of why we're striking is to give people that opportunity. Um, no, it's true. Like I always like, I'm disappointed when I hear people be like, Oh, she's good at this one thing. I worked with her 20 years ago. Like I had a casting director once that was like, oh, I worked with him. He's bad. And my coworker was like, I just saw him on this other show. Like, do you, have you gotten better at your job in the last 15 years? And she was like, yeah. She, he's like, well, maybe this actor did. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's room for growth. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> uh, now we just have to find a way to make everyone stick around for more than a few years. I know. Yeah, it is like a, I, I do feel very, lucky that I came into like a stable TV world. Like now shows are short. It's very hard to get promoted. Yeah. I mean, even, even like looking at your resume here, like you're working on multiple shows a year, you're working on pilots and shows and other things like this is, this is the living that we have to do now. There's no more 24, 22 episode seasons. Yeah. And even though I've been doing it a while, I feel like the fear is still there. You still have to hustle for your next thing. Like, I feel like I beat a lot of young writers that are like, I can't wait till I'm not worried. And I'm like, I don't know if that exists. <laughs> that's that's a good lesson for everyone. <laughs> um, 
Crystal, we'll wrap up as we always do by asking you what you are watching on television these days. What's getting you excited or inspired? What are you talking about with your uh, friends, your loved ones? Um, And what are you and your husband watching as you prepare for more features together? Uh, Let's see. My husband and I have been watching a lot of survival type thrillers. We just watched Crawl with the, the gators and fall, they rhyme. And so I feel like we've been kind of in that mode and trying to like take in as many of those as possible. Beast, even the uh, lion one. <laughs> uh, and on TV, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of basic. I watched uh, The Diplomat. I really like that. And uh, Jury Duty, I finally watched and caught up on. And I'm like very inspired by that because I'm like, that's like a whole new form of entertainment where it's like this hybrid reality scripted it kind of like blows my mind in the same way like the rehearsal did, like that Nathan Fielder show where I'm like, anything is possible. Great recommendations. Um, Crystal, thanks so much for chatting and we'll see you out on the line. You definitely will. Come to Fox. I'll be there. <laughs> Perfect.